What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of National Pastime. John Toaster and J-Rob here for your Week 12 Picks and Preview. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Although, maybe not so happy Thanksgiving when you actually look at the slate of games uh, that we'll get tomorrow or today when you're listening to this. But um, let's see, just a quick update on where we're at record-wise before we get going here. Um, I think we need to move along. Let's get these segments going. <laughs> yes. So I went 3-1 and one last week, which puts me at 25-19 and 19 on the year. Uh, Toaster, unfortunately, mirrored my record, um, as in looking in the mirror and it's opposite. So uh, you are now 18 and 26. How are you feeling about that? So we talked about how there's a seven and a half percent chance of hitting these week 12 is exactly that seven and a half percent chance. So if I, as long as I hit it here, I'm still with the odds. That's all that matters. Um, and uh, you know, there's been a lot of surprises this, this year, including the, you know, a, a very solid sports better like me has been going down in consecutive <laughs> weeks. So, um, you know, chalk it up to, you know, the, the bucks have lost two games in a row before, um, the, the Rams have lost two games. Like these powerhouses just keep, you know, trudging along and it's all about making the playoffs. And I, I'm almost guaranteed to make the playoffs this year. I think I'll still be around by uh, week 19. Okay. All right. I like your confidence. Um, we, we need the performance to start matching that confidence level, but um, I, I appreciate it for sure. All right. All right. Well, well, let's see how this week goes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, let's get into. Uh, well, we're, we're just going to start at the beginning here. So first game of the day, Bears, who are three-point favorites at the Lions. Um, I guess I'll kick us off here. We have no Justin Fields. Uh, Jared Goff is questionable for this game. And I saw an awesome reply on Twitter to that, tw- uh, that designation. Somebody said, at best. <laughs> questionable <laughs> at best. No Akeem um, Hicks as well. Allen Robinson's doubtful. Eddie Jackson's questionable. You guys yep. are limping. Yeah, Bears are banged up. Um, Andy Dalton's going to get the start. The Bears have just been a dumpster fire. Um, there's been reports that Nagy was told on Monday that this would be his last game coaching the team, win or lose. Um, there's been reports, one of which was by Alan Robinson's podcast partner, that the Matt Nagy has lost the locker room, although Alan Robinson has since come out and said he doesn't need anybody to speak for him. He doesn't feel that way. Um, so if his podcast partner has heard that it's from somebody else, um, the bears, meanwhile, continue to trot Nagy and Chris Tabor, their special teams coach, who was the interim coach when Nagy was out with COVID, uh, trotted those guys out for their press conference immediately after this report happened to be asked face to face about this stuff. Obviously they denied knowing anything. Uh, and then the bears let it sit. Until today, apparently, George McCaskey addressed the team. Oh, wait, there's more. George McCaskey apparently uh, was the one that told Matt Nagy he needed to start Justin Fields. Nagy wanted to stick with Dalton earlier in the year. Kind of explains a lot. And then today, George McCaskey addressed the team and told them that the reports that Nagy would be fired on Friday are false. All that happened in like the last 40 eight, you know, maybe 72 hours. Um, the bears are a shit show. Somehow the, Oh, what is it? Nine and one lions are coming into this game. Like as the least dysfunctional team. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah, not I necessarily I'm on the bears, but there's just this today was just so fantastic that i wanted to give you your time and let you talk about the complete (laughs) dysfunction that is this organization um why someone like alan robinson who has been listed as even doubtful um would want to suit up at this point i i don't understand it seems like a sham pyramid scheme of an organization at this point because there's just they're rudderless right now and never Mm -hmm. thought that i would say the detroit lions have a better functioning organization than the chicago bears and that's probably hasn't happened in potentially the history of the NFL, or at least since it's, the sixties. It's bad. Um, 
We don't need to labor over this game too much. It's going to be a very bad game. I highly suggest you get all of your Thanksgiving errands out of the way while this game is on so that you can maybe watch uh, the latter two games that are better. Um, to, I'll get to, to, try to, to try to catch up um, in my you know negative sports betting here. I, I, I think I'm going to put down a dollar on zero touchdown scored for the Bears, zero touchdown scored for the Lions, and a, a zero zero <laughs> tie. Um, I think that I think that that parlay will will put me back in the put me back in the red yeah the well we'll see your odds probably aren't very good on those um if you are going to bet this game i would suggest taking the points uh lions plus three who knows is this the game what the fuck it, I, it could be it very well could be the, the bears unless all of this controversy brings them together this could be uh the game for the lions so um, yeah, I, I would go I lions plus three I, I get lines plus three. I just, I think that the bears need something right now. And that something is a win. And that's not for Matt Nagy. That's not for, you know, anything within the organization. I just think those players have been through so much in the last, like you said, 48 to 72 hours that they're just like, can we just not be the team that lost to the damn lions? <laughs> the only thing they need is a different coach. So <laughs> at this point they should take an L and just get him the fuck out. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've, as a fan, trust me, that's where that's where I'm leaning here too. All right, and coaches that should get the fuck out on the Mike McCarthy. Yes, on to the second game here. So we've got the Raiders at the Cowboys, who are seven and a half point favorites in this one. Um, I know the Cowboys underwhelmed, um, have underwhelmed recently, but they're. I updated the nerd rankings today. Cowboys are the number three team. Raiders are the number 24 team. Um, I don't particularly think these teams are close when you really go down the line, match up, you know, see how they match up with each other. I I would probably lean the Cowboys. I don't like giving up over a touchdown um, on, you know, a Thursday night game and or I guess Thursday afternoon game with all the distractions of the holiday and everything. I, I think a lot of these could be a bit of a toss up, but um, I think ultimately I'd be leaning Cowboys here. How about you? Yeah, I, I think the part where I hesitate is that the distractions for the Raiders have been something that has detracted from their performance. I think in the last, I mean, on their three game losing streak here, and now you throw in more distractions. I can't decide whether it distracts them from the distractions or it further distracts them from what they need to do on the field. Uh, like I wanted applying two negatives. Yeah, exactly. I, I want to, I wanted to have faith in the Raiders on this one, but the, the Cowboys are just too strong. I think that that offensive line has too many question marks for the Raiders. And even without um, Amari Cooper, as long as CD lamb is back, I think that they have the offensive power. I mean, the, the, the nerd rankings play it out pretty clearly that this is not a, this is not a contest that's going to be close from a talent perspective it's just whether or not the raiders can do enough to hang and i i don't think that they they quite have the manpower to do that um especially with everything that they're going through right now and dallas has a pretty decent record on thanksgiving like all those players have been in this exact situation have mm -hmm. understand what the cadence is for this special day i think that the the cowboys are able to cover this one and i think that they again, are motivated to cover this one after um, another, just not a goose egg performance, but just laying an egg performance against Kansas City. They can't do that three weeks out of four and expect to be taken yeah. seriously. And the Eagles are not on their heels, tail, but they're, they're right there, right? Totally. Yeah, I, I think you're right on that one. There's motivation from the Cowboys side, and that is going to matter. Um. All right, I think the game that we're actually going to pick this week is the last game, which is the Bills at the Saints. Bills are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, Toaster, you want to lead us off on this one? Yep, I'm I'm going to take the Bills with no Kamara. Uh, I think that that's the difference to me, that uh, as, as much as the Bills have, I mean, they're ranked number one in DVOA still. I'm not quite sure how the those rankings work out that they can get absolutely shellacked by Indianapolis and still have the um number one overall DVA DVOA. I guess there's not enough um taken into consideration that some of those uh outings were against Miami, Jacksonville, and Houston where they really uh you're um, you might be out of date here. Bills are actually fifth. Oh. They're the number one defense. 
in yeah, DVOA, that's what I they are. Sorry, I thought I said number one defense oh. DVOA. Oh, okay. Apologies. Cool. And um, on the pod, as we speak, <clears throat> the line moved from five and a half to six for the Bills. There we go. Um, okay. Listen live next time, people. Get those picks in on time. Uh, so even at negative six, I still think that th- there's no difference to me between five and a half and six, right? Um, the yeah. odds of a push are, are low enough as is. Um, so I, I just, what Indianapolis was able to do on the run in the run game last week, granted Jonathan Taylor's uh, probably the leading MVP candidate in my mind right now. But if they're not having Kamara, who's a commiserate, um, talent available to the Saints. I just don't see what they can do to hang and what Jalen Hurts did to that defense, which was their strength last week, mm-hmm. makes me even more um, confident in the Bills this week. Um, Saints still rank fifth in DVOA, but uh, they put up a 40-burger on them last week, and nobody saw that from Jalen Hurts in, in that offense. Totally. Uh, so Kamara is out. Mark Ingram is also questionable right now. I would have to think that he's going to play, but um, he does have a questionable designation. Um, Agree with everything you said. The point that really stands out to me here, Buffalo has been so up and down this year. Following a loss, the Bills are 3-0 with a plus 78 point differential. And we talked about how the Saints and Trevor Simeon specifically – hasn't gotten things haven't gotten things going in the first three quarters of a game. I think at that point it's going to be too late against a team as good as the Bills. And I think the Bills turn things around and ultimately cover as well. Yeah. I think that they're undefeated coming uh covering the spread coming off a loss this year. Um so that that plays into it as well. And to point out how the Bills have been up and down, they they're while they're number one in uh, defensive DVOA, their variance rank in total is 32. They are the most variable team in the NFL right now, according to the <laughs> rankings. And it makes sense, it makes sense that they've beaten up on some very bad teams. They've lost to some even worse teams, and yeah. then they've gotten they've curb stomped a good team, and they've been curb stomped by a good team. Yeah, for sure. All right, so we are both on the Bills. I think we're gonna move this one up for the sake of it to minus six. Sound right? Minus six. Okay. Any last thoughts on this one before we move on to the Sunday night game? What would that line need to move to for you to switch your pick? Eight and a half. I was going to say eight and a half too. Eight and a half sounds about right. Yep. Uh, I'm full blown panic button. If the bills lose this game or if this game's even close, I'm smashing the panic button. I think the panic buttons entered the building for the bills. And I think the button's getting smashed if this game's even close. Well, we yeah. talked about not needing a successful run game to set up a play-action pass, but they have no run game. So there's not even the threat of a run game when they're faking that pass. They're, right. Other teams are willing to concede that, okay, yeah, you can, if that's what you're going to do, you can run the ball, but we are. that is not how you terrify us in any way whatsoever. Brian Dayball doesn't give a shit, though, and I honestly respect that that he's like we're just gonna chuck it 60 times a game um just quickly looking at passing rank uh, passing dvoa defensive rankings here uh new orleans where they find themselves 14th so they're not terrible actually um you know maybe maybe that keeps it close enough i don't know but i'm i'm still sticking my guns here bills minus six uh is where i'm going bills minus six all right, moving to the Sunday night game, the Browns at the Ravens. Ravens are three and a half point favorites in this one. And both, te- both teams are really in a similar spot uh, for me here. So it, according to nerd rankings, Browns are 12th, Ravens are 8th. Um, both teams have struggled recently, right? Obviously, we know that the Ravens didn't have Lamar Jackson last week. They eked out a win against the Bears. Um, Lamar will be back in this one by all accounts. He was on the injury report, but he was a full participant today um, with that illness. So assuming he is back, um, the Ravens are at home. And I'm just, I can't buy into what the Browns are doing with Baker Mayfield right now if they're going up against any sort of team that's competent here. Um 
So they barely beat the Lions last week. I think Ravens three and a half. I, I would probably love it a lot more at three points, if I'm being honest here. But I still think three and a half is a pretty good number. Ravens are at home. The weather's not going to be great. Or well, it's going to be it's going to be cold. Okay. Bottom line, it's going to be cold. That won't be good for Baker and his shoulder. And uh, I want to give credit here to uh, Buckus Stats on Twitter. They put together a spreadsheet that pulls against the spread data for every NFL head coach. Um, John Harbaugh covers 54% of the time, uh, although 41% is a home favorite, while Kevin Stefanski covers only 44% of the time. But on the flip, he does cover 63% of the time as a road dog. So I guess I'm maybe contradicting myself there, but giving you that information. Um, two negatives. There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but ultimately, I think the Ravens are going to get a huge boost getting Lamar back. I think Lamar will do enough to win this game by at least four points um, with how bad the Browns have been. So I'm going to take the Ravens minus three and a half. Yeah, and we don't speak ill of the Vegas lines, but this one was surprising to me to see um it is a divisional game those who have always have a little bit more variance or question marks associated with it but this cleveland browns offense has done absolutely nothing outside of running up 42 points on what we know is one of the worst defenses in the leagues um with the the los angeles chargers um if we just rattle they i don't think they've scored more than two touchdowns in the last one two three four five six seven eight so that game excluded eight games. They haven't scored more than two wow. touchdowns. And so if you're if you're all, the line is only three and a half, and they're not expected to score more than two touchdowns, then you you give up the points on this one. Take the better team and let Lamar prove that he's an MVP because I think that that's what he wants to do in this game. Uh, the the Browns do get Kareem Hunt back today or this mm-hmm. this week, but I don't. It's not like you know the tandem has really been what's been holding them back, right? Chubb and Hunt have both been equally effective and it's right. nice to have them together by all means, keep them maybe a little bit fresher, but that's not, that's not like getting a starting tackle back or sure. getting Baker May- Mayfield's, uh, what is it? His shoulder blade is uh, healed up from whatever uh, I think he said it was fractured. So uh, with them just being in such peril and all of that infighting that probably happened because of Baker Mayfield's wife tweeting out that uh, the rest of the team needs to play as hard as Baker Mayfield does to eke out that three-point victory against the Detroit Lions. Uh, there's just there's too much going on there for the negative for the Browns. And this is actually where I saw this Browns team, quite frankly, what's been happening these last couple of weeks. I think that last week, last year, they had a couple of fluky games, had some wins over expected for sure. And this is truly who I think the Browns are, which is a middling team that's going to lose to superior opponents. Yeah, it's funny, too, because if this game was in Cleveland, given the current infighting between Baker Mayfield and Browns fans, I would almost say that like Baker's a very competitive guy. That's the kind of thing that would like, I think, pull him forward and. Yeah, maybe be enough to cover. I, you know, maybe not win outright, but to cover in this one. So, uh, yeah, the fact that it's in Baltimore, though, rolling with the Ravens. Um, so you are on the Ravens as well. Ravens as well. All right, J. Rob, how confident are you in that pick? Uh, I love the Ravens. I think Baker's just hurt so bad, and if you look that rough against the Lions, like I don't know. I think the Ravens do have something to prove a little bit in this game because I think people kind of are starting to doubt them based on how the last few weeks have been going, even though they've been getting wins. Um, I think they still kind of want to prove something. So I think they're going to shit can the Browns, especially being a division game, and it could kind of make some things different in the uh, in the long run with how tight that division is that I think they're going to try and shit can them. All right. Love it. Ravens are shit canning the Browns. All right. Uh, Moving on to Monday night, we've got the Seahawks at the Washington football team who are a one and a half point favorite uh, over the Russell Wilson led Seattle Seahawks. Um, This this is crazy to me to see how far the Seahawks have fallen, honestly. And all you know, 
I know the Seahawks have been bad. They look disjointed. Russ has not looked great. At some point, Russ, DK, and Tyler Lockett are just too good to to continue to play this poorly. I think Seattle is the better team, even if just marginally here. They're the better team with a better quarterback, and they're getting points. I'm going to lean Seattle in this one, uh, plus one and a half. Washington has the 30th ranked pass defense per DVOA, the 31st overall unit. If Seattle is going to get it going, it's if, and I know that's a big if, but if it, they're going to get it going, I think they can do it against Washington. Um, man, it's just crazy that a Russell Wilson-led team is getting points against a Taylor Heineke-led team. This one's this one was painful. I am also on the underdog Seattle Seahawks against the Taylor Heineke. <laughs> Washington football team um, might as well just call them the Washington Heineke's at this point. Cause like, that's where all the heart and soul is coming from <laughs> at this point. Um, it's like Shane Falco. <laughs> yeah. The Seattle defense scares me so much and Heineke is a mutter, but they, I just don't, I, he's not consistent enough to me that, I mean, not saying Jamal Adams is going to get an interception, right? Pass Vince Ball for finally for <laughs> um, career interceptions. But I just, their long dragged out plays uh, or drives that they've been winning these close games against better competition with, I don't, I just don't see it happening against Seahawks because I don't see the long drives happening against Seahawks because they're so shitty. It's either going to be, uh, you know, not saying three and out, but, you know, five six play drive or because they're either stopping them or they're scoring on them and this offense this offense will get right um eventually i think that uh it was a little it was a little weird how um lockett and carroll didn't seem to be on the same page and uh that that does concern me slightly but they're they're the better team russ needs this for not not necessarily his legacy but his value too, right like i think at this point if you'd drop three straight to i mean green bay and arizona are definitely superior competition but three straight saying oh yep i'm right and who not saying nobody wants them but what's where's your value at that point right mm-hmm. like it's it leaves a lot of question marks so i think that this is this is the get right game for the seattle seahawks and they know that this this one hinges on their playoff chances right like they're pretty much out of it but they're not technically out of it. They could still make a run, get to nine and eight potentially, but not with not with dropping this game. Yeah, Russ needs to figure it out. I mean, he's he's going to be motivated. I I think more so than his value, because that that maybe is more of a Seahawks issue than a Russ issue. Mm-hmm. But he wants this is not the way he wants to go out. It, you know, and if this is the last year, which I think we we both believe it is. Russ is, he's a proud guy. Um, although pride is a, uh, a vice of the devil. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think we saw that, through this that's whole wrong with him right now. His pride is getting, Oh, away. Oh man. Learning lesson to, uh, to just play free. See, this is why I'm not religious because then my vices don't actually come back to haunt me. So yeah. Um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but I think we saw like throughout this offseason that Russ obviously cares about his legacy, cares about the way that people look at him. He He's not going to want to go out this way. This is the perfect opportunity to fix that. Um, I'm not necessarily expecting a Seahawks blowout win, but they're getting points in this but one. We don't I even need they, that. They can still lose and and cover for us. So I think that's why we're taking we're taking the points on this one. Heineke yeah. likes to play those those close games when they're winning, um, and then when they're losing, they look bad. And I think that this might be one where if they're if they're losing, they could look bad. I'm I'm taking the points on this one. Okay, so we are fully aligned on all three games. J Rob, how do you feel about this one? I'm actually drinking the liquid courage that is uh, Taylor Heineke. Uh, <laughs> I think that the team has been like, I think the locker room's like gone in Seattle and on a short week going across the country on thanks like Thanksgiving week. I know they're playing on Sunday, but like, it's just, 
not a normal week for anybody. And I don't think it's one of those get right weeks in the sense like that a Monday around actually. that fact. Oh, Monday. Right. So even weirder, even though it probably <laughs> gives them more time to figure it out. But anyways, I hate that it's one and a half, but I do think Washington has more of a playoff chance than the Seahawks do. So I feel like they're looking at this game. Like we have to win this game if we want to stay relevant. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm taking the liquid courage. It's taking the Redskins or the football team. As shitty as Seattle's been, they are five and five against the spread and the Washington football team's only three and seven. If that's any kicker for somebody, (laughs) not that um, we need to revisionist history, but we've say your record is who you, you are r is yes you are who your record says you are something like that yeah (laughs) all right all right Um, so we are aligned on all three main games of the parlay which i mean that means i'm guaranteed to to win three right because you've just i'm just riding your coattails you're gonna ride my coattails at this point yeah this is how well now this is my get right week I don't know. Maybe you're just going to like latch your bring stink you onto me and we're just going to tank. Yeah. It's like bringing <laughs> we'll OBJ on into the occasion, right? You're just like, oh, right. We got, a, we got another superstar. <laughs> now we're going to be shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, Speaking of OBJ, Rams Packers. Yeah. So uh, this is my bonus pick. Um, I'm going with the Rams on this one. Uh, I know it's in Lambo, I don't love necessarily Matthew Stafford returning to a place that you know has haunted him. But um, the Packers have been really underwhelming. I, I ultimately think the Rams are still the better team. And similar to the Monday night game, the better team is getting points in this one. Um, that, that's really, you know, what swings it for me here. It's, it's essentially a pick them, but, um, I, I think the Rams need to, they need to show something here, right? Uh, the Packers more or less, I, I know the Vikings have been making a push, but I still think the Packers more or less have that division wrapped up. The Rams on the other hand need to keep pace with the Cardinals. Um, I don't know how feasible it is. I mean, I, I suppose it is feasible for the Rams to still get that number one seed, but um, I think they definitely don't want to be in a wild card spot. They want to be hosting a playoff game. So I'm, I'm taking the Rams. I think we're starting to get to gut check time at this point in the schedule. They need a win. This would be a very big win. I'm going to, I'm going to, Tentative or not tentatively, I'm going to cautiously uh, side with Matthew Stafford here. Yeah, this this one was tough for me as well. I I kind of followed the line. I was um, in on Green Bay being at home, being what I think is the more cohesive team, just because of the the way that the, the amount of time that they've been able to play together. Right, they're not bringing Von Miller into the mix, they're not bringing OBJ into the mix. Um, right. They've been relatively stable outside of. Um, Aaron Rodgers and his uh, his mentals. Um, he does have COVID toe. Does anybody know how COVID toe works in the cold? So it is a fractured toe. And that was something that I'm not going to say it changed my mind on this, but I just, I don't think that they're going to be as cohesive as I, I envisioned them. And my, my line has shifted to the Rams as well. So I would take the Rams as, fa- as favorites in Lambeau. Um, I'm, I'm siding with you on this one. Okay, we are in agreement on my bonus pick there, Jarob. What's what's kind of your feel on this one? It's basically a pick 'em. Uh, yeah, definitely a pick 'em. Um, I feel like Aaron Rodgers is kind of like a fuck you guy, and because it's Matt Stafford coming back to Lambeau, Aaron Rodgers does love saying that he owns people, and I do think he has this like twisted thing about him where like if he knows he owns you, he like wants to maintain that, and so I think. I'm going to take the Packers just basically with a straight up win against the Rams. Cause I still don't think the Rams are going to go back to the running game. They need to, and they're, they're not. And so I think that'll favor the Packers in the Lambeau when they're just going to keep trying to throw the ball. So yeah, I'm going to take the Packers straight up. The Rams are, the Rams are coming off their bye though, which gave them extra time to prepare for what was known to be a, a big game. Um, 
this whole Thanksgiving thing throws a wrench in all of it to me, though, because I, I was like, I don't know what the practice schedule actually looks like. Does everybody I, yeah. not? Does no idea. Everybody essentially on by. Like, does anybody practice? When do we travel? Um, I if news a- if news comes out that Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford had Thanksgiving dinner together, <laughs> it's a mortal lock for the Rams to win. They had, pre- <laughs> they had pretzels. <laughs> All right, uh, Toaster, let's move on to your bonus pick. Who you got? Putting my money where the mouth mouth is. Um, been not not shitting on Tua, but evaluating Tua um, all season <laughs> and been high on the Panthers. I mean, it's pretty much how I saw it going. You know, Cam Newton comes in and drive, takes them to the seventh seed in the playoffs to take on the number two seed Packers. I, I think I yeah, you, at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say you predicted that. Okay, yeah. Exactly. That was just, you know, they were going to go on that hot streak up to start and then four consecutive losses needed to change something up and that was bringing Cam Newton in. Um, No, Um, but I am sticking with them. They're by far the better defense than the Dolphins. At least um, the Dolphins have been coming around recently, but the Panthers, the skill position players on, on defense have been absolutely outstanding. I do think that Cam provides enough of, a change for them to be successful and CMC was a tiebreaker for me that give, taking two points um, with having one of the best players in the NFL against somebody else that has no running game to speak of a quarterback that's somewhat questionable as far as his effectiveness. I, it, I take the points even at Miami. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I take, I, I give up the points even at Miami. Right. 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 Yeah. This one, uh, It's kind of tough for me looking at it because Miami's starting to find what feels like some of that pluckiness that they had from a few years ago where they're just going to always find their way into games. Um, And I don't know, Tua, while I'm not sold on Tua and I'm definitely not buying him as much as Pro Football Focus has been buying his performances, he has been serviceable. Um, All that said, I... I think the Panthers, I agree with you, are the better team here. Whenever you're talking less than a field goal in these situations, I'm I'm probably going to lean that direction. Um, and I think the more Cam, like each week that passes, in theory, that offense should get a little more cohesive um, with Cam, with Christian McCaffrey, Joe Brady, giving him more time to sort of move those pieces around, figure it out. I, I think the Panthers are probably on a good trajectory here. Uh, not that the Dolphins are trending the opposite direction, but uh, I would I would agree with you on this one. I, I would back you up and um, pick the Panthers minus one and a half. All right, redheaded stepchild. We haven't disagreed on anything yet, so tell us why we're wrong. Uh, I can't on this one. I can't <laughs> believe the Panthers are only... They're only giving them, or yeah, it's only one and a half. I would have yeah. thought this was like a four and a half or something. And so the fact that they can score less than a win by less than a field goal and cover against a Dolphins team that is anemic at times uh, is shocking. Shocking. Yeah. And that line might Agreed. even be somewhat inflated because it's on the road, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Carolina's only lost one game on the road this year, and it was against Dallas. It's a nice little nugget. All right. Yep. All right. Uh, Well, that does it for our picks anyway, our primetime parlay picks. But getting into some of the other games that are interesting to you guys, um, which which ones stand out? Bucks Colts stands out big time for me because that's a I think that's a litmus test for the uh, Colts to see how real they are and. That Bucks run defense, how well they can hold up without um, Vita Vea, and if they can handle a Belichick style offense. Yeah, completely agree. This one, I I've obviously been um, in, into because of the Bucks and my highness on the Colts and the potential Carson Wentz comeback player of the year perspective. This is a matchup that I don't think the Bucks want to see, and the reason that everybody's fearful that the Colts ultimately get in there. Um, you pointed out Viavea not being in the lineup and he's going against Jonathan Taylor this week. I, I think that this is going to be a tough one for the Buccaneers ultimately. And I, I don't know where I go on this one. I, I, heart says Bucks. I think 
points tells me Colts. Yeah, I, I would agree with that too. I mean, the Bucks. I know we were on opposite sides of uh, that Monday night game as far as last week goes with our picks. Um, not to, you know, brag, but the I called it. Yeah, but um, a much different team playing the Giants and Daniel Jones. And three points, uh, you know, the, the Bucks are still the better team, right? I think like in a vacuum, they're the better team. I think when you're looking at the matchup with the health situations of both of these teams right now, um, the Bucks still without Antonio Brown, I'm I would probably take the points with the home team in this one, but um, it, I don't know. Brady could go on a run as well. Uh, you know, it wouldn't shock me at all if he gets them going, and this is kind of a springboard game for them. Not that the Giants, you know. It wasn't a nice win, but it's the Giants. Um, this will be one that they can feel good about. So uh, I would probably still lean Colts, but it's definitely a lot closer than um, I would have thought a few weeks ago. Yeah, getting getting Gronk back was big for them last week. I think that that safety net helped Brady a lot, but still being without Antonio Brown, which I don't, it's obviously not official at this point, but I, it, I don't think he's going to play. If he plays, I'm completely off the Colts on this one. Um, but assuming Antonio Brown is out, um, I think that they ha- can do enough to match up against uh, against the uh, Tom Brady Buccaneers. Yeah. How are we feeling about the Patriots being almost a touchdown favorite uh, against the Tennessee Titans here? I-, I know the Pats have been on a roll. The Titans have struggled. Um, this seems like just a tad much for me, I think, <laughs> uh, if I'm betting on this game. A- four and a half, five and a half, something like that, like probably feels right. Um, you're our Patriots guy here, Toaster. How do you feel about this? That's a big line, but the defense has, has turned a corner for yeah. this New England Patriots team. They're now ranked second in DVOA, and that Titans offense was absolutely obliterated by the Houston Texans last week. They had five turnovers. Um, it was a disgrace to football, quite frankly. He wasn't going to say that it couldn't happen because, again, a divisional game, always up in the air. But I'm not afraid of seven at this point. I really I really am not. I think that they have enough. They're doing enough on offense. They're being consistent as long as they play mistake-free football. They're going to mm-hmm. get their four to five scoring drives. And this defense, it with if they're going up against just Antonio Brown in – um, Dontrell Hilliard, I think at this point is probably their top running back. Um, they, they can shut down the Titans. They can make them one dimensional because the Titans are so decimated, um, in the backfield. If Derrick Henry was playing, obviously completely different discussion, but where the Patriots have been tradition have been weakest this year is against the run and the Titans running game is, is nothing to speak of, uh, in the three games since Henry went down Foreman had 29 yards. Foreman had 30 yards and then Peterson had 40 yards. So um, if they don't even need to, if they don't even need to put effort into stopping that part portion of the uh, Titans offense, they become one dimensional and they can, they can do what they need to do on AJ Brown. Yeah. And there, so Peterson had 40 yards was their leading rusher. He is now a free agent. (laughs) So um, yeah, their Titans are in a, bit of a spiral right now and my money would be on Belichick to continue that and kick a team while they're down I don't think uh, the Patriots especially with the way they're playing right now don't feel like they will be um, too full of themselves right to to let this one get away from them so yeah it's six and a point six and a half points feels like a lot I'd probably still lean Pats here um just given, you know, all, everything that's surrounding both of these teams right now. Yeah. In, in turn, J-Rob, can you look up what the, what Vrabel's record is against Bill Belichick though, while we move on to the next game? Cause I think that he's actually pretty, he's been pretty successful straight up against Belichick. Um, obviously understands that system and that defense. Two and oh against Two-0. Belichick. Yep. Yeah. I was, that was going to be my only argument against uh, the Patriots covering is that this sounds like this is a game that, you know, just gets Frable's dick so hard going yeah. back to new England where he used to play. Like 
he's gonna get fired up. That pre that pregame yep. speech is probably gonna be unreal. Gonna I think if dick. if the Titans <laughs> if the Titans are up in the first quarter, I think I think they hold it out. But it's gonna take a quick punch in the mouth. I think for this game to be close for the Titans. Yeah, it's gonna be an interesting one. All right. Um, moving on here, the the next game that really stands out to me is the Vikings at the San Francisco 49ers, who are a three-point favorite. Uh, the Niners have been on a roll. The Vikings are coming off an impressive win against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, both of these teams are, you know, banging it out for those last couple playoff spots in the NFC. And I think this is going to be a really good game. Yeah. Um, you just... Kirk Cousins, non primetime game so you get that little bit of boost from him um jimmy g has been playing well and these two teams just seem so evenly matched to me right now that um i mean it's a three-point game i think that's fair 49ers is a three-point favorite is fair um I would probably take the points with the Vikings, though, uh, just based on what we've seen from them uh, as of late. And I'm just excited to watch this one, frankly. Um, this is one of the few games this week that I I think it, it's a lot of tight lines, but these are actual two teams that are playing well right now coming together. Um, so we'll see which one wins out. But uh, where are you sitting on this one with that three point spread right right in the middle just like everybody else um <laughs> i the the tight spread for the vikings is that they don't close out they haven't been closing out close games but every game has been close if they were on the minus side i it wouldn't even be a question to me and i think you could make the argument that they could be very well three point favorites um mm-hmm. but with them getting the points i have to expect that they'll keep it close enough um that they they can hang in in San Francisco. They figured out what they need to do on offense um, pretty clearly these last couple games, but the competition Mm -hmm. level that they've been against just isn't, isn't exactly the same Um, that they they whooped Jacksonville big whoop, right? But the (laughs) Vikings have been doing this against green Bay, um, the Rams, Baltimore, Dallas, Carolina, like they've, they've had a stretch here and maybe that stretch is coming to an end because you know, they've, been in a grind for the last five weeks whereas um the the 49ers haven't had to live up to that same level of competition but i think that ultimately yeah. i land with the points on this one all right uh j-rob let's let's get to your broncos here uh this is this line is interesting to me so the chargers are three-point favorites in denver and chargers offense got it right last week defense still left something to be desired are you are you buying that this is a three-point game um with your your broncos um no because they're not going to give javante williams the ball i don't know where the disconnect is i don't know if it's a front office thing coming down to the coaching staff i don't know why this dude's not getting the ball he his like Breaking tackle. Tell my fantasy team about it, man. Dude, it's insane. And so the problem is, is the Chargers, Staley has openly admitted, I don't care about giving up rush yards. Like, we will bend and break. We will bend but not break. I don't care mm-hmm. what the rush numbers are. We, he's like basically punting that stat. If the Broncos don't run the ball, which I don't think they will because I don't know what Fangio is doing, but if the Broncos <laughs> don't run the ball, then this game's not close. Um, and I don't think it's going to be close. I think the Broncos are going the wrong way. They have no identity. They're sh- they're making trades to get acquisitions. They're shipping off guys to get picks. They're getting phone calls to move players that they're not doing because they're saying a playoff team while also being sellers at the market. I just don't understand it. That uh, yeah, Chargers by ten. Like I, you I, you could throw a you could throw a minus seven alternate spread on the Chargers, and I think you'll hit. I don't think this game's going to be close. All right, so tease the Chargers. Yeah, uh, how far do you think Justin Herbert could throw the ball at mile high if he's given like a a hitch or two? Uh, like, do you think he, he could, could throw it like eighty five yards in the air? It would take Tebow th- 
a full like four downs to throw it as far as Justin Herbert could throw it one time. Like I honestly, you could play like football golf and like Herbert could throw it and be like, that's the hole. And he's like, wait, that was your only throw. And he's like, yeah, it's a part three, bud. And he would not make it. Dude, yeah, him and Mahomes it, doing that would be actually pretty cool. I'd actually be we, interested to see. Well, you got to throw Allen in there at that point, right? Since they Josh Allen, yeah, just throw him out there. Yeah, who would be your yeah, dark horse? Definitely. If we're, gonna, if we're gonna throw like a, a fourth guy in there as a dude, just to absolutely heave it. Tom do throw, Brady, do you go That's like Russell, or like that Nick Foles in that, his first his first Super Bowl loss? I still still remember it. No. Well, he also he's currently hurt right now, as we've discussed quite a bit the last couple of weeks, but. Um, Baker Mayfield has the uh, longest air yards or longest completed air yards on a pass this year. I think he had one go 67 yards on a touchdown. Um, it was like a Hail Mary that was uh, caught Dang. at the end of the half. So uh, I, I'm not saying that I don't think Baker's necessarily in the same class as these guys, but, but that could uh, be given a that one. he could be a sneaky one. I mean, this whole conversation speaks to how uninspired the Broncos are. We are talking about who can throw it the furthest in mile high. So I think that should speak enough to how much of a, I can't believe it's three points. Like that feels like free money, but yeah. Well, we'll see. Chargers have surprised us this year. Can we, um, can we throw right. Ben Roethlisberger into this competition and then go on to that game? Cause that would be fun to watch at this point. He might fall over trying to like a dis he'd be treating it like a damn discus, right? And just spinning around and seeing how much momentum he can get behind the damn throw. Yeah, yeah, Ben. Uh, ben would be pretty funny uh, to see compete against Justin Herbert <laughs> in that sort of competition. Um, all right. Well, I mean, let's talk about Ben here. The Steelers—they are at Cincinnati. Um, I don't have a ton of interest in this one. Bengals are five and a half, or sorry, four and a half point favorites, and I think the Bengals win. The Bengals have been a little up and down, but um, the Steelers are just don't do it for me. Um, I think the Bengals need to do something to really take a hold of their spot within the division and in this playoff race. Um, I don't think the Steelers and Big Ben have it in them necessarily. I would, I probably lean Bengals here, but this one just, I'm not all that interested in, honestly. Yeah, I didn't put a lot of effort into it from an against the spread standpoint, but I, I definitely want to see Cincinnati pull this one out. They're the more exciting team to me right now, and I'd like to keep them in the conversation as long as possible because I think, quite frankly, at this point, the Bengals are better for, for the NFL and football than the Steelers. Keeping an aging Big Ben in the conversation does nothing for me from a getting my dick hard standpoint, right? Because I don't trust yeah. him to be able to win in those big situ big situations at this point. Um, that the defense is exciting to watch, but not necessarily an overwhelmingly strong defense. I mean, TJ yeah. Watt is awesome, but I'm not signing up for watching games just so I can see TJ Watt a couple times break loose, right? Like the, right. those aren't the splash plays. So let's get some, let's get some confidence in Joe Burrow, get that running game rolling with Mixon and see how much noise these Bengals can make because they're definitely the underdog in this division, right? I think, to start, mm -hmm. everybody thought that there was potential for at least two, if not three teams from the AFC North to make the playoffs. And now I think that that could be down to two. Um, and mm -hmm. hopefully the Bengals are one of them. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, a team that's sort of in a similar situation here, the going to the Eagles at the Giants. Uh, the Eagles are three and a half point favorites in this one. We've obviously seen them pick it up as of late. They've completely changed their offense. They, they're fun to watch. Um, I, I want to see them get into the tournament. I really do. Um, the giants, I mean, we talked about how they got beat up by Tom Brady on Monday night. What'd you say? I think we broke up there. Oh, um, yeah. The giants got beat up by Tom Brady on Monday night. I, I think the Eagles will keep it rolling here. I mean, this, this is a divisional game. It's the NFC East. Like these teams are always bad and beat up on each other, but I think the Eagles will keep it going. I want to see them keep it going and uh, get into the NFC playoff race is three and a half. Is this a good line for that? I like, are, are you taking the Eagles here? I think I do. 
just because of how I, I thought the Giants getting their skill players back last week was going to lead to a better outing than it ultimately did uh, Tampa Jason Bay. Jason Garrett is gone now. That is that is a good plus. Um, let's get rid of Garrett and McCarthy in the same week if we can do that. Um, <laughs> I just that whole Dallas Cowboys staff historically has has some issues or at least recently historically obviously like jimmy johnson days we're we're good with but give give the keys to kellen Moore and let's have some fun because mike mccarthy's a fucking liability but anyways back to the eagles and the giants um i i just didn't see enough out of them and the eagles i think have found their their secret at this point to success they they've got a game script it took serrani as a first year head coach for Quite frankly, I thought he was a, a martyr or, you know, basically just a, a figurehead for a year while they were figuring out whether or not Jalen Hurts was also just a figurehead for this year. And mm-hmm. he's proven that he he kind of figured out. He's got the team behind him now. Um, who would have thought running the damn ball with a talent like Miles Sanders and, I mean, even the, the backups that took over for him when he was on IR. Like, it, yeah. it's it's not rocket science. It's not rocket science, even though we, we make it out to be sometimes. And then... After this, there's only Atlanta Falcons, Jacksonville Jaguars. I've given up on Trevor Lawrence as far as being exciting this year. Like, I, hopefully he gets some development, but if he, yeah. could, he could blow up for 450 yards and five TDs against Falcons. I'd be like, okay, good job. Way to go, bro. Way to go, right. bro. Mac Jones yeah, is basically the same thing, but without the stats because they didn't need to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Trevor has uh, been a rough, rough rookie year for him, um, for somebody that, you know, by all accounts, and I, I'm still in this camp, believe he's kind of a generational type of player, but it's it's been tough to watch. Um, yeah, that game, again, uh, there's other games on. Maybe don't focus your time on that one unless you uh, live in I mean, Duval County or <laughs> Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, I mean, um, and then you've got the Bucks, Colts and the Titans, Patriots, even the Steelers, Bengals over that. So don't don't waste your time. I'll put it I'll put it on in the background. Don't worry. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The last game here. here, but very first bad. time all year the Texans are favored. Oh shit! Is, Is it really? Good? Yep. Okay, so Texans yeah, are two and a half point favorites here. Underdogs to the Jags when they won that game. So, um, yeah, what does that say for Zach Wilson in this draft class? Ooh, that's rough. So, okay, can we talk uh, Jets going to jet here for a second? Um, the Jets traded a draft pick for an unvaccinated backup in Joe Flacco who gets COVID and infects their actual backup who's played decent, Mike White. So now the Jets are forced to go back to Zach Wilson, who may or may not be 100% uh, healthy. This is Jets are jetting hard uh, this week. And there's there's a lot of teams that are um, competing as far as dysfunction goes. We obviously talked about the Bears. That that whole situation for the Jets is oof, my God. And here they are as a fucking underdog to the Houston Texans. This is bad. This is bad. And I don't think they cover either. I think that the Texans are going to be able to curb stomp them in this game. It's uh, we talked about not bringing in a veteran presence from the start, but now you brought in a veteran presence that took away every security blanket that you had. Like it, it, the move just makes no sense. And like you said, you gave up draft capital for it. Um, yeah. you, it get vaccinated folks, um, save your teams. This is, this is one I am actually going to watch, though. Um, I'm I'm somewhat interested only because of the Zach Wilson factor. Right. He's he's had a few weeks off. He's gotten to see that offense operate at a, a pretty high level with a quarterback that just takes what's given to him. Um, maybe he learns from that. It's an opponent that he should be able to execute against. But oh, that's yeah. a Ryan Tannehill. Um, no, you would, it will be interesting to see that aspect of his, of his, uh, development, whether or not being able to sit back and watch football for four weeks now lets him understand that, okay, take the check downs. You can, you can glimpse at that long bomb, but if he's not getting separation by three steps off the line, then go ahead and start working towards your next, uh, your next, um, receiver, uh, Tyrod Taylor this year, two and O on games. He's actually finished, I believe, right? He didn't finish the Cleveland game. 
That was the game you got. Um, yes, so, I, I believe you're right. So Tyrod's und- always going to give you a fight. He's always going to give you a fight. Tyrod Taylor this year going against the lowly Jets. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's it, right? Yep. We hit on everything here. We did. Right. Um, any any other major points, storylines for this week that you guys want to call out before we get going here? Uh, my too early hot take is that this game is going to show that Zach Wilson is a lot closer to Drew Locke than people want to admit. Uh, a dude that throws 25 yard balls on his back foot. I saw enough of that in Denver to know that it's coming, dude. It's coming. It's not going to be pretty. Not a comparison you want if you're a Jets no. fan. Okay, honestly, I how's saw somebody he, do this. Rapping? He's he's really into that culture, right? <laughs> Zach Wilson wouldn't know uh, a Jeezy lyric if you fucking had Jeezy in front of him rapping it. Like, no chance. He's um, staring uncomfortably uh, from the side. Yeah, yeah right? Like, oh, shit, I'm in here. I saw uh, I saw today somebody do uh, a redraft, just a, a quick top 10 redraft of the 2021 NFL draft. If you're those top three teams, the Jaguars, Jets, and uh, 49ers, with an opportunity to redo this, who do you think they take? Do you think Wilson or uh, sorry, Lauren still goes number one? I do. I do too. Yeah, probably. I'm not calling Mac a system QB, but Mac has has definitely been bolstered by the you know strong offensive line around him, and that was something that um, Jacksonville Jaguars did not invest in. Um, they invested in first round running back that's now on IR. I just thought it was fascinating how many teams were allergic to the saying NFL ready. Like, yeah, it it was weird how many times we were like, Mac Jones, NFL ready, NFL ready, NFL ready. And he just kept falling to team past teams that could really use an NFL ready quarterback. If, if, it, if yeah. they had gone Lawrence Fields, then um, Mac Jones, I think that we would have a very different Jets team right now. I think so too. It, do you, that's ultimately the order I think they would have gone in if these teams had the uh, the benefit of hindsight. So you, you agree? You think it would go Lawrence Fields Jones? The system fits are ideal for all of them at that point. Yeah, yeah. I think. Are there that. any quarterbacks that went in the first round of that draft that you would not take in the first round, knowing what you know now? Gotta be I Trey Lance. That, I wasn't going to take Zach Wilson in the first round. Really? No. The upside. I mean, he had tremendous upside. Uh, I mean, if we're talking about like a get hit back into the end of the first round, Lamar Jackson type of pick, absolutely. Um, but as far as a uh, uh, somebody like going third Dad, overall or exactly. second overall, whatever yeah. he went. Um, yeah, I just I he didn't have a level of competition that he needed to at BYU. Watching his passes, yes, he had some spectacular throws, but they weren't a lot of close or small window throws. There were a lot of very open wide receivers on his long passes. And you've mm-hmm. seen that he's been hesitant to fit things into what is that NFL window. So that was, yeah. that was my main concern from him that you can call him accurate, but if he's only throwing to open receivers, your accuracy gets artificially inflated too. Yeah. Lance would be the guy for me. I think you'd still take a shot at per, I would still take a shot on Wilson in the first round. Um, Lance is the guy that I would be hesitant about, especially again, hindsight here, but the 49ers, a roster that is looking to compete this year. Um, I probably would not have traded the farm for a guy that looks like he's going to need at least a couple years of development time. And best case scenario, you get a Josh Allen type leap out of him. And even then we're seeing Josh Allen sort of regress back to some of that stuff. I it's, it's really, really hard to think about now in retrospect that the 49ers gave up everything they gave up to go get Trey Lance. It's wild. Can't, can't even throw a damn spiral. Well, with that, I, I know we're getting out of here. I just want to say that I am thankful for you guys, the listeners, thankful for football, even if it's Jared Goff versus Andy Dalton. Just, <laughs> Dude, watch know, this game be it. like a point fest. <laughs> That would be shocking, but that would be that would be a good way to kick off Thanksgiving for sure. Yeah, yeah I I echo that. 
uh, Toaster. Very, very thankful for National Pastime and all of our listeners. Uh, it's been it's been fun to kind of get to talk football a couple times every week, and um, yeah, we'll we'll see. Hopefully, the the games on Thanksgiving are as good as the food that you guys all eat. I think they they're set up to get better as the date goes on. So that's nice. Yes, absolutely. Yes. One parting question in honor of Thanksgiving, uh, favorite side dish for Thanksgiving. I got to go. Well, it, a bit of an asterisk because everything requires gravy on top of it. Well, yeah. But um, I'm going to go stuffing, I think, with a little gravy on top. That's my go-to toaster yeah i i gotta go mashed potatoes um just regular old meat and mashed potatoes type of old school bill belichick type of guy yeah i was gonna say spoken like a fucking patriots fan (laughs) (laughs) hardy stable oh (laughs) what about you josh Dude, the Midwest boy in me just gave me that green bean casserole and i'm oh no i mean don't get me wrong like I'll house some stuffing. Give me that. Throw some gravy. So throw some mashed potatoes on that. But dude, you give me that green bean casserole. That is such a fucking Midwest meal right there, dude. Oh, (laughs) so good. So good. All right, cool. Well, with that, we will get out of here. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, Stay tuned for uh, we will post the graphic of our picks uh, during the day tomorrow as well. So if you didn't get a chance to. Get your Thursday night. Uh, well, I guess your your Thursday picks in uh, in the morning. Maybe you can get it in before the, the Thursday night game. But um, anyway, enjoy Thanksgiving, and we will see you all later. Yeah, happy Turkey Day.